Welcome to Back to the Basics with Pastor Jason McClendon. This program is sponsored by Crossroads Christian Fellowship, a non-denominational, conservative, and evangelical church focusing on returning to the mindset of believers in the New Testament church. The acronym BASICS, in the name of the program, stands for Believing and Sharing in Christ's Salvation. We are disciples making disciples who make disciples. And now, here is the message. So the message for today is about how to receive the gospel. Now we know what the gospel is, or at least we should know what the gospel is. It's simply this, Christ crucified and resurrected. That sums up the gospel. The gospel consists of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus according to the scriptures as a substitutionary payment for the sins of people who accept his gift, which all people need because all people are sinners. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, not works, in Christ Jesus alone, and Jesus is the only way to the Father. So in sum, each and every single one of us is a sinner, and the only way to heaven is to trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. This is the gospel, and understanding this is more important than anything else in our lives. The reading that I'm about to read is broken into two parts. The first is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then the second part is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 to 23, and I'll explain in a little while why I broke it up this way. Starting with Matthew 13, verse 1. On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they were withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, this is known as the parable of the sower. And the reason that we have these two separate readings is because Jesus himself explains what the parable means a little while later in verses 18 through 23. This is what he says. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word 
And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the world, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, again, I've said a couple times, this is known as the parable of the sower. The sower in this story, which is also called a farmer, by the way. The sower is someone who's throwing seeds, and some translations refer to him as the farmer. This is the one throwing the seed, which represents the word. The seed represents the word, and the farmer or the sower represents Jesus Christ or his servants who represent Jesus. So the seed represents the word of God or the gospel, and the type of ground upon which the seeds are thrown represents the hearts of the people who hear the message as the message is being put forth. Now there's a couple of significant things to recognize about the ground. First, there are different ways for the ground to receive the seed, just like there are different ways that people receive the word. In other words, there are different ways that you will hear, listen, and receive the word based on how your heart is towards God. Second, the fate of the seed, how well it grows, depends on the ground. So when a person receives or hears the gospel, whether or not they decide to accept that and trust it, it depends on their own heart. Each person is responsible for their own heart and whether or not they receive the message that is given. They are personally responsible for receiving the word of God, which really comes from a willingness to do so. Now, from this story itself, there are multiple key points to be learned. First, someone was preaching the message. In this case, it was Jesus Christ himself, but the point is that someone must be preaching the message. If no one is sharing the gospel, then no one is receiving the gospel. It has to be preached. And we have been commanded to preach it. So we have to go out and do that. Second, the sower went forth to preach. He didn't wait for the people just to come to him. He went out to the people. In modern terms, the preacher didn't just wait for people to come to the church to listen to what was said. But he went out into the fields sharing the message with everyone. Spreading the seed on all varieties of ground. Looking for opportunities to share the gospel where that seed might sprout. But he sowed the seeds everywhere. He threw them everywhere, on the wayside, on stony ground, among thorns, and in good ground. Why do you think he didn't just throw the seed on the good ground? Because as messengers, to deliver the word, our task is to throw the seed everywhere. To preach the gospel to everyone, because each person will decide for themselves how they're going to respond. We do not know their hearts. So we spread the seed so that everybody has an opportunity to hear it. Interestingly enough, sometimes the people that I talk to that I anticipate are going to be very thirsty for the word, and they're really going to be excited about it, rejected. And sometimes the people that I think wouldn't be interested at all, 
they receive it. We don't know. Only God knows, and that's why we have to spread the gospel. We have to throw the seed everywhere. We have to do our part and then let the Holy Spirit do his part. But we have to throw the seed. Now, depending on who you talk to, studies indicate that the average person who receives Christ as their Lord and Savior must hear the gospel an average of seven times before they make that decision. That's an average. Some people choose Christ the first time they hear the message, and sometimes people take 20 times to hear it before they decide to listen to what it says. All we can do is sow the seed. That means we may be simply preparing that person's heart to receive Christ later on, where another person will come along and be the person that finally makes that, that contact that leads them to the Holy Spirit who then does the conversion of the heart. And that's great. We don't have to be the one to convert. It's not our job. Our job is to sow the seed. It's to spread the message. The Holy Spirit converts. We just share. Third, many people are going to reject the word of God. The parable said, some seeds fall by the wayside. In other words, we might say that the words went in one ear and out the other. And by the way, have you ever heard the, the common phrase about something falling by the wayside? In other words, something didn't get done? Well, that's where this story comes from. That's where that phrase comes from, actually, is this story. The seeds falling by the wayside means that even though the gospel was preached, the message wasn't received. And for whatever reason, sometimes people just won't listen. But we cannot force it on them. All we can do is continue to love them just as God does. Many people are already hardened to God. In other words, they've already decided for themselves what it is they're going to believe. And often, that is based on what they believe is true rather than what is actually true. If God is real, and if Jesus actually came to this earth and was sacrificed for our sins, that means, first of all, that we are actually sinners. And some people don't like to admit that. And second, that means that we need to repent of our sins as the first step to building that relationship with God and going to heaven. And some people simply don't want to repent. They are enjoying the lifestyle that they have without ever realizing that the lifestyle that you have when you are a follower of Jesus will bring you more joy then the lifestyle of sin can even come close to. Because even when persecuted, true followers of Christ recognize that they are still, still filled with joy. They know why they're being persecuted. So when people are hardened against God, they're not even going to understand the message that is being given to. Because they've already chosen not to. And when someone's heart is hardened, even when they hear a little piece of information that might lead them in the direction of Christ, the scripture says, some seeds fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Devoured the seeds, that is, not, not the people. <laughs> this is talking about the devil and his demons coming along and further convincing those people that what they're hearing is not the truth. It is replaced by lies that are intended to harden the heart even more and to take the listener even further away from Christ. An example of this current belief might be 
that gender is fluid, or that evolution is true, or that people are born homosexual. All of these are lies to pull people away from the truth of the gospel. Now, while the parable says some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, and they withered away. This is a perfect description of people who hear the gospel and often immediately respond. They get excited about it. But it's with a false profession of faith. It's with a false conversion because there is no depth. The seed sprouts, but it is quickly scorched and it withers away because there is no root. There is no actual foundation to the faith. The gospel sounded good, and the people might have thought that they were converting, but they didn't actually make a commitment. Maybe no actual real repentance. Maybe not even recognizing that they really are a sinner because they just think they're a good person. They didn't really buy into that idea that we need a Savior. Maybe they just really liked the cool music that was playing at the time. And they had a euphoric feeling about the event they were in because everybody was excited and dancing and swaying hands. And maybe they even felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, but didn't actually repent and place their trust in Christ. This actually happens a lot. Now, sometimes we, we call that backsliding, but more often than not, it's simply because there was no firm foundation in the first place. Backsliding can also be when somebody does have a firm foundation, but for whatever reason later on, they backslide. Because sometimes that relationship with God can be like a roller coaster. And we all experience that, by the way. There could have been, maybe, a foundation that was there to be laid, but they didn't build on that foundation. And so... It was something that was easily torn apart, just like the foundation of a house needs to be strong. For whatever reason, they did not make the gospel a priority in their life, even if it appeared to be so for some period of time. Regarding these people, Jesus said, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, I like to say that without a firm foundation, there can be no standing firm. Or better for those regarding deep roots, it would be described in the parable that are standing firm with a firm foundation. As the sower was sowing seed, verse 7 says, And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Now, sometimes the ground looks like it's good ground, but, but hidden just beneath the surface are the roots of the thorns and the weeds. They're ready to grow, they just haven't started growing yet. And when they do grow, they grow actually faster than the good seed, and they come up around them and literally choke the life out of the good produce, out of the plant that's produced by the good seed. The thorny ground represents these people who hear the gospel, they listen to it, they try to add it to their lives as a facade. They want people to think that everything is good to go. In other words, they might realize that it's true and might even believe that they're saved. But again, it comes back to that real, actual, true commitment to Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. They never really commit to following Christ. And they just make this whole Jesus follower idea 
really more about themselves because it looks good to be a follower of Christ in some circles. These are the people who, for instance, might consider God to be more of a genie in a box than the creator of the universe. These are people that I call Sunday morning Christians. They follow Jesus on the surface, but not really when it comes down to it. They appear to make Jesus a part of their lives, but they don't really make their lives a part of Jesus. They base their decisions and lifestyle off of what they think is good and right, based on their own desires, rather than what God has already told us is good and right. They think that they are a Christian because they go to church, not because they've actually repented of their sins and trusted in Christ as their Lord and Savior. And in fact, they often act more as their own Lord, other than when they realize they can't actually do something on their own, like be healed from sickness, or they're looking for a new job. They may pray then, because they see God as a genie in the box. It's like a, a fire tool that's hidden behind that glass with the sign that says break in case of emergency. That is not the relationship that God wants to have with us. But that is the relationship that most people who profess to be Christians probably have with God. They're not true followers. And again, they're what I often refer to as Sunday morning Christians. Based on this description given by Jesus himself, the number of people who reject the gospel is far greater than the number of people who receive the gospel. And I think everybody can probably agree to that. Well, I mean, Jesus said it, so we, we should probably agree to it. And that certainly is what I have seen in and about talking to people. So forth, we have the good ground representing those who hear the message of the gospel, and they are saved, and they actually become followers of Christ. Disciples making disciples who make disciples. And in verse 8, Jesus says, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. The gospel message is fully received by these people, which unfortunately is not a large number. Only some allow the message to fully enter their hearts, to take root, and as Jesus says, to yield a crop. That crop is new followers of Jesus who become disciples and then make disciples. They are people who listen to God's word and do their best to follow it and apply it to their lives and everything they do. They practice the spiritual disciplines in order to grow their relationship with God. God is the priority in their lives over and above everything else. These are people who study God's word on their own, not just go in and listen to what the pastor says on occasion. These are people who intentionally seek opportunities to not only be engaged with the church, but to engage other people as well. They are fruitful, not only in their own lives, but they are disciples who make disciples, teaching them to continue making disciples forever. Jesus describes these people as those who indeed bear fruit and produce some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. In other words, he is describing these disciple makers as people who go out and make a hundred disciples, or make 60 disciples, or make 30 disciples. However many disciples they make, that's not the point. The point is that they are producing fruit in their own lives and producing more disciples. They're throwing out the seed and focused on building the church. 
And in bearing fruit, Jesus is talking about their own spiritual growth and the development of the fruits of the Spirit, as well as sharing the gospel with others. And then last, Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, you better listen, and you need to make a decision. Which type of listener do we want to be? Do we want to be the ones on the wayside? Or the ones on the stony ground amongst the thorns? Or on the good ground? Let's make it easy. The first three types of soil are inadequate, completely inadequate for having a relationship with God. There's really only one choice to make. And remember, Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 21, that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's the ones who are referred to as the good ground. Let's be those folks. Let's pray. Father, we praise your holy name. We humbly ask that you open our hearts and minds to hear your word so that we can become the good, fertile soil that you want us to be. Allow us to bear fruit, not only in ourselves, but to be used as a tool to bring others to you. Give us the resources we need to perform the tasks to which you have assigned us. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, running a ministry is not free. There are many costs associated with developing and running programs, and we humbly ask for your support, especially if our messages have touched your heart or you believe they will touch the hearts of other people. We ask that you first pray about how God wants you to proceed, and then, if you feel led, help us focus on building the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian and you are not tithing anywhere, please consider tithing to us or consider gifting to us, however God leads. Remember, the money you have is God's money that He blessed you with to manage and to be a good steward. The money you tithe and gift to us builds the ministry of Crossroads Christian Fellowship and the International College for Christian Studies. The more financial support we receive, the more people we can reach. You can make this monthly contribution or one-time gift through PayPal by going to donationforchurch.com. You can also find other ways to donate on that webpage. Thank you in advance for your support, and may God bless you. Friends, I sincerely hope that you are already a follower of Jesus. But if you are not, you need to know that the Bible makes it absolutely clear that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. We are all sinners, and we all need Jesus. None of us can do it on our own. When we die, we will either go to heaven or to hell. But the ability to spend eternity in heaven is a free gift from God. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because he loved us so much, Jesus paid the penalty of death for our sins. He paid the price with his own blood, which means that we don't have to. That gift is free, and to receive it, all you have to do is recognize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Confess your sins to God, repent of your sins, in other words, you have to turn away from them, 
and turn your life over to Jesus, asking Him and allowing Him to be the Lord of your life. Remember, just because you repent and make Jesus your Lord does not mean you will instantly become perfect, but you do need to strive to model your life after Jesus. There are no magic formulas or special prayers to become a Christian. Just make it known to God. Just tell Him. He knows what's in your heart. Now, if you've made the decision to dedicate your life to Christ, which is often referred to as being born again, or if you've made the decision to rededicate your life to Christ, please let us know. Go to IamSavedByJesus.com and tell us about your decision. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to know if we can help you along the way. If you haven't made that decision yet, please pray about it, and we'll pray for you too if you let us know. This is the most important decision you can ever make in your entire life. It only takes a few seconds to decide, but the ramifications of your choice are literally eternal. Take it seriously. Remember, go to IamSavedByJesus.com, and we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. Well, it's almost time to go. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We are praying regularly for you and ask that you do the same for us. Until we come together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Go now into the world and serve the Lord. Amen.